You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Los Angeles. Are we doing Russell versus Wayne already? <laughs> Does that already sound like uh, Wayne? Wayne. It's, yeah, it's Wang. <laughs> Wang Chung. Everybody, Wang Chung tonight. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. I'm Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're bad movies, sometimes mm. they're good movies. Uh, no matter what the case may be, we will watch a movie every week and then come back here and analyze it with each other and, uh, and with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, who we invite to join in the discussion on our Facebook page. In the Facebook search bar, put in the Editing Bay. That's going to bring up an image of the woman with bleeding eyes. <gasps> that's us. It's where you could talk back to us and give us your thoughts on the movie or what you thought about our opinions of the movie. And if you've got something that you'd like for us to watch in the future, that's where you go ahead and throw your suggestions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we will put that in a little grab bag. And sometimes if we feel like going to audience suggestions... (laughs) We'll pull one We out. do every now and then, and actually I got one uh, just this past week. I'm going to look it up and remind myself what it was. Should I yeah. say it? Or you should, should say I it. Go for it. it. Say it. All right. Well, now i got to find it. Oh. Uh, also on the Facebook page, um, you know, we will put a, a call out, uh, but we kind of encourage you, if you listen to the podcast, to uh, to send us a message to uh, if you want to take part in our Russell versus Wayne that Joel just talked about, yeah. uh, our Russell versus Wayne contest that we'd like to do every week. we got plenty of stuff to give away, uh, and uh, the, the premise is Joel has to decide if I'm doing a Kurt Russell impression <laughs> or a John Wayne impression. How did you come up with this? Uh, this was, I think this is kind of like a brainchild of Sarah. Like, she and I were talking about this. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I guess my Kurt Russell sounds like John Wayne. She's like, you should do like a game show. You should do like some kind of a contest where it's like a game every week. Is it Russell or is it Wayne? And she also came up with one. It's like, is it medication <laughs> or is it is it prescription medication or is it a Star Wars character? <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> my so, favorite is uh, it's an it's a visual game, uh-huh. but it's a uh, Fox News it's correspondent who's in my mouth. No. <laughs> 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 Is it Joe? <laughs> the, the answer is always the same. It's always you. Yes, it's always me. I'm the We're only other person the, in this room. Going to play the game this week. <laughs> if it's not me, then we should worry. Nobody wins. There are ghosts. No, it's a Fox News correspondent or porn star. Oh, nice. You know, they just have like a bunch of hot blondes w- on Wolf that. Blitzer. Oh, I thought you meant by name. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, Wolf Blitzer is totally a porn name. That is That's awesome. not Fox News anyway. That's CNN. Mm-hmm. But that's totally a porn name. That is. Wolf Blitzer. Uh, Blitzer? I barely know her. <laughs> So this week uh, is your pick. It's kind of yeah, it a, is a, a nod to uh, to to Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. who died. Not Tom Hiddleston. It was <laughs> Loki died. A David couple weeks Huddleston, ago. right? Same guy. Nah. David Huddleston, who uh, I had no idea that I was exposed to him. <laughs> Speaking uh, of which, yeah. Uh, but when uh, when I first saw that Santa Claus movie with Dudley Moore back in the eighties, that's right. He played Santa. He's Santa. I had no clue, mm-hmm. and it makes perfect sense. Like this is a dude that's been in like he has been trickling into movies all throughout your life. You have seen him. You never knew what his name was. He's a brilliant character actor. Yeah. But like every time you see him, you recognize him. You don't know why, mm-hmm. but your brain does. Like. It's it's a really weird thing, and so to lose someone like this is it's pretty significant because this is someone who is a strong foundation for all kinds of movies, and the Coen brothers used him yeah, so him. much. Love him, yeah. yeah. I was old, born in the nineteen thirty. 
Yeah. What's the math on that? 86 well, I don't years know. old? That's pretty yeah, good. Don't you? <laughs> I just did it. There you, you go. Did. That's good. On the fly. Math brought to you by the editing bay. <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> All right. We're yeah. going to go anywhere with this? Or, or? Nope. That's it's it. 86. Okay. That was well, my guys, rap. thanks for listening. No, 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 no. Because I've been dying to talk about this movie forever. I know it, when we first started this podcast, I, I, I never, it was just a dream, Joe. It was a twinkle in my eye. I never thought that's that we'd you in the corner. have an episode devoted to Big Lebowski because we did exclusively bad or mediocre movies. Yeah, which. Uh, and then yeah. you opened it up that one year with our favorite things, doing yeah. the Oprah thing. Uh, where uh, These are our favorite things. We did a month of we did uh, die hard. movies that we liked. That's right. Yeah. I, I can't remember what I did that, that, that month. You did Home Alone. No, ooh, I did do Home Alone. That's yeah. right, because I was still doing a... a Just a, die hard with a kid. Holiday theme. That's true. Um, but uh, this one never really fit in, and then when we heard that we lost him... Uh, a lot we of lost the Big Lebowski. A lot of people were like, are you going to do Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski? And I was like, eh, maybe it's time. Who is it a lot of people? You tell me constantly, <laughs> like, I've been fielding questions from many listeners yeah. about like this or that. Like, we'll talk about this. And I've got to be honest... I don't. I don't field questions from anybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I so guess is it, it's all my is friends. It, is it your buddies? <laughs> is it just your friends? Well, I, there, there's a good. Because you uh, could say, like, Joel, I'm getting uh, Joe. I'm getting a lot of questions from my friends wanting to know where it like, is. The is. same dozen or so people, but none of them. Some of them I haven't even met. Like a, a lot of them are. Uh, you know, we uh, you go we, to your key parties. We <laughs> never really met. That's right. It's like I've uh, seen his dick, but we've never met. What's that Tom Cruise movie? Eyes wide open. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. That wouldn't wouldn't make it. With eyes wide open. <laughs> Tom Cruise is fucking my wife. Put your keys in the hat. <laughs> if you pick it, you're the winner. With the hearts wide open. It's disturbing. <laughs> um, so the Big Lebowski is one of my my favorite comedies of all time. Um, uh-huh. But Joe, it, it didn't used to be. I saw this film in theaters. I did too. Did you really? Loved it. Did you really? Right on, dude. This movie, I, I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of my buddies, uh, Shannon, who now lives in Florida, mm. uh, my buddy David, who lives in Austin now, like we, we had a tight-knit group of friends right after high school. Um, and this was a couple years after we had graduated, but we saw this at the, if you remember, the Lowe's Keystone Theater yes. off of uh, Spring Valley and 75, mm-hmm. which is now a studio movie grill. We went into this movie. I had no fucking clue what to expect. I just knew my friend David was like, I've been reading about this online. You know, we should probably go see this. Hmm. It looks pretty decent. Um, had no idea what to expect. Walked out of it in fucking love. Really? Like, I wanted to turn around and watch that movie again. Interesting. Because that film spoke to so many fucking aspects of what I like about film. I remember it sticking with me, but um, I, I I was too myopic to uh, to kind of appreciate it for what it was. Uh-huh. Which is like a, it, it's one of the greatest comedies of all time. Oh, I think. it absolutely So is. many great things in it. But I was expecting, you know... Not only a like, great comedy, but a, a fucking masterfully paced and technically uh, well put together Film for like the most part puts together a great story. Well, yeah, for the most part, we talk about constantly on this podcast about how movies don't have strong character development. Mm-hmm. This film develops the fuck out of characters, but doesn't do it in a laborious way. No, you get some great character development, and like tucked inside there is a great like film noir detective story. Exactly, it's so fucking creative and so well done, and just so outside of the box with so many ways they tell the story. Mm-hmm. How they propel the movie forward with like different visual like music pieces oh yeah like it, it's so it's it was i feel like it was kind of revolutionary for its time mm. by hearkening back to like films of the 20s and 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 the 30s oh absolutely yeah there, there are definitely rules that this film uh, adheres to one of them being we're talking about it being a, a film noir detective uh film 
the the Big Lebowski, not the Big Lebowski, the Je- dude, the Jeffrey, dude. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Lebowski. love me, <laughs> my robe. He's in. This, <laughs> that's what Tony's my. He uh, he's in every scene of this film because uh-huh. he he's the he's we, the protagonist. We see the film through his eyes, uh-huh. uh, and and even they're even clever because there's a couple of scenes where you're like, oh well, what about when Bunny's driving the car, or she what passes about him exactly? And the same uh-huh. thing with the uh, the nihilists when they're getting their their uh, boysenberry pancakes or whatever yes. it is. Uh, he's his car drives in the background, so they find a way to kind of adhere he's to those connected rules. To every moment mm-hmm. in the film, and also why we have these great dream sequences because when he's unconscious, we're unconscious. <laughs> we're with seeing him. what he's seeing. Exactly. So. No, yeah. I, I, but I, it took me a while to fall in love with it because um, I was expecting a film with the uh, oh, you know, plot. <laughs> and, but there is a plot. A st- there is no. Th- there's a great plot, but the film. I was expecting the film to be about the story. You know, I, uh-huh. I was naive. Uh, back then, I was I, I didn't know what I didn't know there could be a film like it's this. It's funny because the story in itself is a misdirect. Yes, like, just yeah. like how he's kind of being misdirected throughout this entire film. It's a red herring. It's all a red herring for the audience too, mm-hmm. because it's it's all bullshit. Like it's, everything's it doesn't bullshit. matter. Everyone's trying to fucking get over on this dude, <laughs> and like. Despite their best efforts, they fucking can't. Yeah. And this guy can't win either. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty fucking funny. But he's a simple man. All he wanted was his fucking rug. All the guy wants it is his rug. It tied the room together. You know, and uh I, I had read somewhere in an interview that uh they were supposed to end the film was supposed to end with the dude finally getting his rug back. <laughs> and it doesn't. No. And I kinda like, ah, oh, that would have been a nice little bow on it. We really really would have tied the film together. No pun intended. Uh, no, fuck that. Pun intended. I liked I liked the bowling ending, though. I like the ending back at the too. bowling alley. With the and narrator. He has, his, he has his moment with the stranger. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you have to use so many damn cuss words. <laughs> what the, the fuck, fuck are you talking about? about? <laughs> have it your way, Have dude. it your way, dude. Sometimes there's a man. <laughs> you sound like Floyd from the Muppets. Talking about the dude here. <laughs> oh, <right>. Yes. <laughs> Floyd Pepper. Sometimes there is a man. Sometimes there is an animal. Well, man, could we? I'm, I'm going to show my hand already with the recasting okay. of this movie. Could we just do a Muppets Lebowski? Oh my god, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> well, who's the dude? All right, so the dude would be uh, would be Fozzie. Uh, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Either either Fozzie, no, the dude would be Fozzie. Is Kermit Donnie? Uh, Ker- no, mm. Kermit would be the stranger telling the story. Oh, okay, I like that. Yeah, because yeah, he's the lead. God, who's Walter though? Walter would be uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Sam Eagle. No, 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 no. The uh, the big guy. <laughs> oh, the, the man that's actually in a yeah. A, a I, God, I can't remember his name right now. Well, here we are. We're it's five like, minutes into no, the episode. No, well, dude, this isn't like a famous actor. <laughs> this was a, a Muppet. I think, it, and I think it was like something like really gentle. I can't remember what the frick mm. his name is. But that, that I know would, what you're talking. He'd about. be Walter with the big nose. Yeah, th- th- and that's another thing about this film. Uh, the the Coen brothers are on record as saying uh, they they wanted to write a script. Because so often do you see films where the sidekicks are the most interesting characters, uh-huh. and the protagonist has to be yeah, the straight the, guy. The Mickey Mouse syndrome. Exactly. But they surround him with colorful characters, and they were like, you know, what if we just wrote a script that was nothing but sidekicks? Uh-huh. And that's basically that's what this basically is. basically what's that's going on. That's why you have so many little throwaway characters that have two or three scenes, but are, but are inextricably linked uh-huh. Uh, with with this uh, uh, Jesus, yeah, nobody oh Quintana, Jesus, Quintana, man, <laughs> one of my favorites. Doesn't really what serve eight a- year olds, dude. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's a better ass. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's, what a pervert. Yeah, <laughs> and I just love that. Like the dude's, dude's like, like agreeing. He's with on him. board, he's like uh-huh. without knowing the and backstory. Like, no, dude, like he's for real. <laughs> eight year olds, dude. It's such a great like all the dialogue seems so genuine. 
mm-hmm. coming from these actors. Uh, you know, the relationships seem very believable, but that's the stuff I love. Like, I love the moments. I love the interaction. I love the development that's mm-hmm. going on with these characters. Um, if, if I were to put a really neat bow on it, and I think one of the reasons why I do love this movie so much is because the dude, at one point in time, my father was kind of like this guy. Like, oh, yeah. my father went through this like really laid back moment in his like. And I he can was see never, that. He was never really a stoner, but he just kind of went through this like laid back bit after a while. Like yeah. when he realized like his kids were grown up, and we'd come visit him every once in a while, and he was just kind of just casually dating. He is he was getting close to retirement, and so he just kind of got really laid back. And he hung out with this guy uh, named Phil. Okay. Uh, they called him Big Phil. Mm. And Big Phil was like Walter. Yeah, oh, God. And so, like, it was so funny hanging out with them, going to visit my dad. Like, it felt like I was hanging out with the dude and Walter all the time. <laughs> and they were like, sometimes they were like a bickering married couple, the way that they would, like, interact yep. with each other. And that's the Walter and the dude. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. I fucking love it. I love the way Walter's got his fucking ridiculous shit. Um, it always comes back to Nam. It always it always comes back to Nam, or it comes back to his ex-wife and her yep. dog. Shomer Shabbos. That's He's like, dude, do I stop being Jewish? <laughs> so we divorced. He's like, you converted. You're not really Jewish. Not really Jewish. <laughs> and he just takes offense to all this. It. Like, he's adopted all these things that he could take, like, take personally, like mm-hmm. Nam and the Jewish background. Uh, but I love that. He's like, dude, you're not even Jewish. Get in the fucking car or I'm not fucking bowling tomorrow. And I like love the that. next shot is him in the van. There's a couple of times there where the dude has to, that's the only way he can get to him is he's to threaten to him with bowling. He's got to leverage There's it. that scene where they're sitting at the bar and uh, it's somewhere about halfway through and, and the dude is like, fuck, fuck the league. Fuck, fuck the, you, Walter. Fuck the, fuck the league. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what he gloms onto. <laughs> fuck the league. I can tell you don't want to be cheered up right now. <laughs> and he just gets up and walks away. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Okay, do you want to like outline what the basic what the basic story sure. is? Sure. So it opens. Um, how does it open? Well, it, it, we open he's with a narrator writing a check for <laughs> for sixty nine cents. <laughs> and he's post dated it too. <laughs> so he's waiting for that to come in. Uh, also, I, I should mention just because I did a little research, a little backstory, and um, the Cohen brothers had it in a, an initial draft that uh, his um, his fortune. Uh, like he was like the uh, the heir to the Rubik's Cube inventor or something like that and that's was going to explain why he doesn't work why he's never had a job uh huh um, I didn't know this I didn't know it either it doesn't really line up with why he would be in poverty I yeah because you think well, yeah, he's he not living too great a life no no he's fucking he's 10 days late on the rents <laughs> right all so the we learned time. from the landlord tomorrow's already the 10th far out man far out man <laughs> Uh, that guy, Marty, the landlord. <laughs> That's so great. Again, there's so many characters in here that like they they don't exist to propel the plot uh-uh. at all. I, I, I think you hit it on the head though. Like you said, they made a movie for for the uh, the minor characters, mm-hmm. all the sidekicks, and what they did was they filled this movie with some of the greatest character actors that they could have gotten besides you know your your uh, John Turturro John, John Turturro uh, you also Fucking had Philip Seymour Philip Hoffman Seymour Hoffman in there and, but but you've got Jeff Bridges and um, and what's his name John Goodman John, John Goodman mm-hmm. I thought you said John Malkovich I'm like that is not fucking John <laughs> that'd be awesome though John Goodman uh, kind of heading up this cast maybe uh, what's her name who played Maud. Was, oh yeah, Julianne Moore was uh, was kind of a name too at the time. But oh, absolutely. That's I mean that's it. That's really the star power that's behind your movie. A little bit of Steve Buscemi, but yeah, no no big names in it. Yeah, 
I, I, I was. I mean, at the time, was Steve Buscemi? Well, this is fresh off of Fargo, which I also think is is comedic. Oh, Fargo came before this. Fargo came out and, and had won the Oscar like the year before this came out. So, I, and maybe that kind of led to th- this was not a box office success. It, it wasn't. It took years for this to to gain a profit, and now, of course, it's it's earned cult status. Uh-huh. But when it came out, it was because I think people were expecting another serious. Fargo movie, yeah, and here they come with this screwball film noir comedy, which is funny because this is where the Coen Brothers come from. Exactly, this is my fa- you can you can really break down the Coen Brothers films into two categories, right? You've got you've got their comedies, and then you've got uh, you but know. their comedies are really smart, and I feel like mm-hmm. people don't give them enough credit for how smart they are. Like, I I, I love this movie a lot, mm-hmm. and I struggle between like, okay, is this one my favorite Coen Brothers comedy? Or is it Raising Arizona? Mm, interesting. I fucking love Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is good. Uh, and I think Raising Arizona gets a bad rap. Like, I feel like people what? dismiss it. I feel like a lot of people that I talk to about that movie, they feel like they dismiss it. Really? You know, we talk about the movie and they're like, oh yeah, it's just about the guy who stole... I'm like, no, there's something deeper underneath that. It's like the the weird things that you decide to do when when you can't have kids or you know mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're in a, a, a situation, you convince yourself to do a bad thing with the best of intentions, yep. you know, and Cognitive I, I think dissonance, it, I that. think there's a great. Okay, great. <laughs> I forget fucking names, and you're throwing out like, you know, hundred hundred word fucking point vocabulary here. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, there's something deeper underneath, and it explores that humanity of like what drives us to do these things that that aren't the best decisions, but we do it with the best intentions. Uh, there's something really deep that's at work, especially. If you can walk away from Raising Arizona after that ending sequence that oh, yeah. that is being that uh, that he's narrating uh, that Nick Cage is is doing the narration for and like going through life and you know the hopes and dream and but like to that score it's fucking gorgeous mm-hmm. and it's so heartfelt and important for that film you can't walk away from that and go it's just a silly movie about a guy who tried to take a baby no there's it's always deeper a, than there's that. always a deeper theme in all their movies. Uh, even if it's not uh, on the surface, um, and even some of their lesser ones, I really like the um, oh, what's the George Clooney? Oh, brother, where are no, no, the romantic uh, with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, what? Right? What? F- talking about, about Hell Caesar? No, something about love that came out. I have to look that up. Uncon- <laughs> unconditional love, unrequited love. Mm, damn it, love That's actually kill me. No. Urgh. What about love? Why can't I down with love? What about love? I only want somebody to remember you. Gotta start looking this shit up before. Yeah, we should do something called show prep. <laughs> that would probably be great. Nah. Uh, while you're looking that up, can mm-hmm. we talk about Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah, sure. I don't like that movie very much. Oh, really? Yeah, not oh. a big fan of it. And you know, when it gets posted and people talk about, you know, oh, dude, what Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Man of Constant Sorrow. I hate that song. Don't like that movie. Huh. There was something about. Oh, brother, where art thou? Little, that just did not speak to me. A little me. overrated for me because I'll, I I always tip the hat or, or the tip the scales to uh, uh-huh. Big Lebowski when it comes to their yeah. favorite comedies or or my favorite comedies of theirs. Uh huh. That one's up there, um, but more of a musical, a little uneven, a little slapsticky for me. And I get what they're trying to do. It was a retelling of the Iliad, right? Yeah, Homer's yeah, yeah. The Homer's Iliad. the Odyssey. Uh, oh, the, oh, the Odyssey. That's, uh-huh. I always get those too confused. Uh, oh, Intolerable Cruelty is Intolerable the one I'm thinking of. Cruelty. Never saw it, huh? Nope. Yeah, I, neither did anybody else, but uh, <laughs> nicely nicely done. Man, these guys, how many fucking movies do they have to their name? They've done so much. And the thing is, not only have they done a lot of movies, but the people that they've worked with, both on the screen and and behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, the, the relationships that they've got developed, you know, the fact that they roomed with Sam Raimi 
for many years. Oh, I didn't know that. Many, many years. Yeah, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi uh, was rooming with the Coen brothers. That's why in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, they're at the cabin, and the cabin looks a lot like the cabin from Evil Dead. Oh. That's a, a little callback for Sam Raimi. Always burying stuff in there. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely do. Uh, but getting back to The Big Lebowski. Please, yes. Um, <laughs> I never did. Uh... <laughs> we, we, we basically get set on this... On this journey because of mistaken identity. Mm -hmm. The dude who just bought some milk with a check (laughs) is back home, and he's just hanging out, listening to some tunes, uh, smoking some weed. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, a little roach clip. Got his little roach clip, and these guys come in. Woo. (laughs) Woo and and Mark Pellegrino, who you might know from Supernatural. He plays Lucifer. Or Lost. And he was also in Lost. Mm -hmm. Um, Man in White. and, And what was Jacob? Was that his yes, name? Yes, there Jacob. you go. Uh, and so I can remember that. I can fucking remember <laughs> that. But I can't remember like fucking Julianne Moore's name. Uh, no, so you, you've got these guys who come in and they start beating them. Ja- they're, they're rough guys for Jackie Treehorn. You're mm-hmm. like, you know, your wife owes Jackie Treehorn money. Where's the money, shithead? Where's the fucking money, Lebowski? And he's like, hold on. I think it's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he ducks his, fucking, ducks his head back in the toilet. Great line. But these guys are coming to get money. He's like, dude, does it look like I'm fucking married? Do I have a ring on my fucking finger? The toilet seat's the up. toilet seat's fucking up, man. And this, uh, and they're like, the fuck, dude? Yeah, you think? And they piss on his fucking rug. They peed they, on his fucking they rug. They peed on my fucking rug. The Chinaman. <laughs> the Chinaman is not the, the issue. proper knowing, nomenclature. <laughs> okay, well, this is a good opportunity to stop down because one of the things that I think this makes this uh, film highly rewatchable is uh, you get something new out of it every time. Every time I pick up on a little something new. The and dialogue even, is Even so when good. I watched it again, there was something I noticed uh, this past time. I can't remember what it was. Uh, it'll come to me. That I was like, how many times I've seen this film? I never noticed that before, uh-huh. but they're really good about um, dropping little hints uh, or, or, or dropping little phrases uh, all throughout this film <laughs> yes. or little words, and then just coming back to them. They serve no other purpose other than to kind of again to tie the film to tie the together. Film. Yeah. Uh, but the more every time you hear the phrase "Chinaman," <laughs> once it's offensive, but yes. uh, <laughs> second time you get a chuckle, and by the third time you're you're, you're laughing I, at it. I, I, I love it. that the Nam veteran is like, dude. <laughs> Chinaman is not the proper nomenclature. <laughs> and yet he refers to Saddam Hussein as the camel fucker. The camel fucker, yes. Oh, my God. That's another thing, too. There's this underlying um, uh, Iraqi invasion uh, story because, because it's it, it takes that place. Yeah, it takes place about, what, 10 years prior mm-hmm. to when the movie came out? And in that first scene, we see the George Bush uh, senior yeah. Yeah. talking about this aggression will not stand. Uh-huh. That's a line that the dude and, himself and the dude uses says later it. on. Like, this aggression will not stand, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> and we have the guy who works in the bowling alley who looks like Saddam Hussein yes. who shows up in his dream sequences. Uh-huh. There's all these little threads that, uh, again, like a rug, like a tapestry. <laughs> this, is a ca- this is a castle. <laughs> you do have tapestries. This is a castle, and we have many tapestries. But if you are a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse. How dare How he? How dare he? <laughs> and that great Foley punch that yes. you only get in Indiana Jones movies, Sounds man. Sounds like a meatpacking Oh, my God. Like, all I ever wanted, I want to punch someone so hard it makes that sound. <laughs> Impossible. But you never will. No. Never will. You'll just beat a man to death. <laughs> I'll be like, make that sound. <laughs> and then they'll have to go, Martha. Be like, oh, Why did you say that name? <laughs> Wow, spoiler alert. <laughs> Superman v. Batman. No, you know what? Hmm. Uh, pa- <laughs> Newsflash. Yeah. That two and a half hours is a spoiler. That whole thing will spoil your idea of going to see movies. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
I'm, I'm being very, I'm being very hard on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just talking to somebody at work this past week, and they're like, "Dude, I just finally watched Superman v uh, Batman or whatever." Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, did you did you watch the three hour director's cut?" Because yeah. he was like, "Yeah, I guess it wasn't that bad." I go, "Okay, you watched the director's cut though, right?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay, look, um, I've heard that from a lot of people, and I have too." I don't think I, I just cannot bring myself to no. watch a three-hour movie. You could watch The Big Lebowski twice, Unless, or one and a half. Times. If I could just get someone to cut together the new stuff, like the added scenes oh, that were put into this new one, not a bad idea. Send that to me and let me watch that, and I'll kind of try to mathematically throw that together with what I remember hmm, seeing. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I, I'll do that. I can has video edits. Yeah, you can. But do you really want to go through three hours of that movie just to find the new? <sighs> Bits? No, no, I nobody does. I do. We need a hero. <laughs> it's not the. It's, it's not the, the film it's, I deserve. It's not the film that you. It's not the film you need. <laughs> uh, all right. So getting back to the Big Lebowski. Yes. So you're right. It's a story of mistaken identity because, uh, contrary to popular belief, the dude is not the titular character. He is not no. the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston. No, fuck and the, you made me do it. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. I, I saw like a lot of people debating that when you would post the article. Somebody posted the article, you know, the big Lebowski passed away. And people like, no, because Jeff Bridges. Because they thought like, holy shit, Jeff Bridges passed away. I'm like, Wrong. he's not the big Lebowski. The big Lebowski. He even says Refers it in the fucking movie. The film. You're the big You're the big Lebowski. Yeah. So that's, I'm the dude. That's what you call me. Or your dude. Or his dudeness or El Dudorino. <laughs> if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> I could probably quote. I I, I I tested myself the last time I watched it. I was like, I don't know that I can do it without being prompted. Uh-huh. But if, if if I had somebody prompting me, you know, if I could just yell line every now and then, I could probably do a one act of the whole thing. Of, of would yeah. you do it dressed as the the landlord in his tights <laughs> doing his cycle? I love that. I got the venue I was going for. <laughs> So random, <laughs> and they go. Oh, they fucking go! Is Joe, what I love. I love that. Like I know. halfway through this movie, they're in the fucking theater Walter, watching this guy. Walter shows up in a suit and tie <laughs> to do this before they go. Uh, they, they try get, to get their money back yeah. from little Larry Sellers. <laughs> this is what you get kid. when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> oh my god! I love that they're the guys in the iron lug and they're fucking trying to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and a good sir. evening to you, sir. <laughs> Because he wrote uh, the bulk of the series of some TV show. Yeah, branded. branded. Was it branded? Yep. Oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, this is, this is going to be the worst episode of this podcast because so. we're just going to sit here. And remember go, that remember time? the part when it's a Chris Farley show, ladies and gentlemen. But that's what it's so endearing, and every time I revisit it, it's like going. It's it's, it's like, like going, going home to your family reunion, your dysfunctional family reunion. Would you, I mean, would you say that this was 1998's Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Uh yeah yeah it was for me because it was so different from everything else that had come out so far and like comedy wise in a long a long time mm-hmm. uh, and it's so highly quotable yeah and all the characters are just fucking <laughs> amazingly wonderful like even the fucking antagonist you love yeah the fucking nihilist the nihilist she lost a toe she <laughs> thought we'd be getting a million dollars it's not fair <laughs> fair Who the fuck are the nihilists around here no funny stuff have you seen uh, you've seen the the, the He Man episode. Where the audio to the Big Lebowski was. Put- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's funny to just see He-Man cursing. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck the both of you. Uh, we need to put that on the Facebook page. Yeah, we do. Page. We do. Now that I've mentioned it, I was like, yeah, we mm-hmm. totally need to fucking put that on. Um, One thing I wanted to go back, because you were talking do. about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, and I don't, think, I don't think anyone would disagree that that film is a musical. Uh-huh. It's pretty much a musical. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. driven by music. Each song has its own, or each scene has its own song. Uh, there are themes that, that come and go. Uh, hell, it even had like the number one soundtrack, right? Because... Yeah, because a man of constant sorrow. There you go. You can make the argument that this film is also a musical. Dude. There are motifs. What a fucking great soundtrack this yeah. movie has. The, the song that it opens with, the yeah. tumbling tumbleweeds, where we see that. That's got to be a CG tumbleweed, There's right? The tumbleweeds, yeah. That I think. Well, no, I think it's a practical. Is they an just actual tumbleweed? They just, they just I'd cut. I'd like to know you how they do they, that. They cut a lot. I mean, yeah, they do, but there's that scene of it like blowing along. the. Like If you were going to do that, you'd get an industrial-sized fan, and you'd have it blowing the tumbleweed along. But uh-huh. there's that scene of it going along the beach, and the sand isn't blowing. No. And that one may be CG. I'd love to know how they did that. <laughs> tumble along with the tumbleweed. You got the tumble along with Tumbleweeds, you got uh, the uh, oh, gosh, what's it called? The the man condition would do. Oh yeah, nearly any task. As for conversation, there's little he would ask. Take a woman like you to get through to the man in me. I love that soundtrack. It's so man. fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But Even yeah, the they, crazy psychedelic that, Kenny that Rogers. New edition or next edition with the Kenny Rogers. Yeah, what condition my condition, condition was in. Boom, 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 boom. Those boom, dream sequences. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, dude. The dream sequences are great. What I love about that dream sequence, mm-hmm. too, is like there's this cool transition where he at the very end of it where he's like sitting there and the it's bowling like the bowling ball, ball coming rolls at him. on like a giant bowling ball and rolls then over it's, him. he's in darkness mm-hmm. and then he looks and there's the fucking nihilus and he starts running the fuck away with from the them. scissors and then it, it fucking fades to him on the street running down the street i've watched that scene several times trying to figure out how they did it i think i know how they did it i think he's he's running on green screen and they're changing the lighting uh-huh and then they've just got a plate it's behind so him. well done but it's really well done even for then like for now Mm-hmm. It still looks really good. I thought you were going to talk about the shot where the giant bowling ball is coming, and then the next thing you know, he's inside the bowling ball. Oh yeah, and the camera is spinning around, and you see the lane, the uh-huh. uh, the, the pins as they're ever approaching. Yes, little Easter egg in there. If you freeze frame it, uh, you can see that uh, there's a a blurred out uh, silhouette of Maud. She's actually the person who has thrown the bowling ball. Uh huh. Just a little bit of uh, oh, that's that's really it's cool foreshadowing or what? But yeah. Uh, Thematically, there's there's a lot of visual clues to things that that are going on in mm-hmm. this movie. I mean, even just in that fucking sequence, mm-hmm. there's a lot of foreshadowing of what's going on, like him dancing down the stairs, and you know he's got it, like the porn star. He's the the porn. Yeah, star. he's wearing the same outfit that uh, Carl Hungus. <laughs> That's, That's his name. character's name, Carl Hungus. Oh, you know what? Here's a, here's a good thing. Okay, so Tara <laughs> Reed is a bad actor. And if I had to prove this in court... She's incredibly bad. She's really bad. Uh, uh-huh. She can't ruin this movie, though. Uh, try as she may. But um, you can always tell who bad actors are because they're unable to intentionally act bad. Yeah. Whereas, uh, what's that guy's name? Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Doing Carl Hungus when they're, when, they're, when they're in the porn that Maude is showing, I'm, dude. I'm here to fix the cobble. Yes, I am, I am cable. I, I hit to fix. He's doing a really good... I mean, we know he's an accomplished actor, but he's doing a really good job of like bad stage acting. Yeah. Tara Reed's doing the same thing she always does. She's doing yeah, the exact same she's thing. She's not even trying to... She's acting she the it. same way she is when Brant comes over to her at the pool. Yeah. And she's like, I'll suck your cock for $1,000. You're not and blowing. <laughs> I'll just go find a cash machine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Brant can't watch her. He has to pay 100 But like... 
I had no clue because I saw this movie. This was the first movie I saw Tara Reid in, mm. and I remember watching this movie, going, "Look at that hot wow. fucking chick! Unbelievable! Look at this hot chick!" The prime of her then life. Then I saw American Pie, and she doesn't look anything like how she looked as Bunny Lebowski. No, like she She's... suddenly like looked like a kid, and I don't. I was like, she didn't look like this in the Big no, Lebowski. She's an old woman. Yeah, Bunny. That's insane. You ever notice uh, on her uh, the license plate of her car? Is uh, Lapine, which is French for bunny. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Lots of little Easter eggs. That's right. They're very smart. Cohen brothers are very smart guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Brent, I touched on briefly, and I feel like uh, he should have gotten an award just with his performance. This is my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman. His his opening scene when the dude is looking at like the trophies and plaques on the wall and and stuff. He's going through. And he's going through everything. And he's so like, you can tell like he's he's taking a lot of pride in the fact that he's memorized everything. It's so rehearsed uh-huh. to the point where there's that line that he repeats. Uh, yes. Uh, children of, of, uh, of achievement without the necessary means for... Necessary, necessary means, means for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's just a little And it's detail. his delivery, too, of mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. just insanely I like good. to watch him squirm as, uh, the, as um, the dude is, like, touching all of the plaques. <laughs> yes. He's like, please, sir, please don't. He's, he's, and he's, so he's tensing we're up. Not, we're not touching. Okay. And, yeah. and he's like, so there's... Obviously, different mothers. He's like, these are Mr. Lebowski's children. He's like, different, different mothers. <laughs> you didn't go to college. Yeah. I occupied various administration <laughs> buildings. How many times have you seen this film? Jack? I've seen this movie a lot, man. I I might I might be approaching triple digits. Oh, really? Uh, I, don't I don't think don't I'm know. that. I don't, I don't think, think I'm that high up. I don't think I've counted, but. It's at least fifty. I, I think I've seen this. Movie I have, 50 I have times. to. I have to confess something. Back in my first apartment, I used to live in this place called Summer Lake Village mm-hmm. off of Walnut Hill in seventy five. They've since bulldozed that apartment complex. Hmm. Uh, if you go by now, it's a Trader Joe's. Uh, but a I went, investment. when I lived in this apartment, I had a Big Lebowski tapestry that like oh. that hung in my bathroom. Like mine and mine was the public bathroom that everybody had to use. Yeah. My roommate got the fucking private one. <laughs> but like I had this Big Lebowski tapestry. The Big Lebowski was like my fucking it was my that was jam. Your jam for for that time in my life. Mm. Big Lebowski was fucking it. Uh so I've watched a bunch, but I don't think I've ever gotten a triple digits on it. There's a there's a Lebowski Fest. Are you familiar I know, with this? And fucking Jeff Bridges goes out there and he plays the fucking Lebowski Fest. <laughs> yeah. One I of these need days. To go, yeah, man. We need to fucking go to this. It's my Mecca. Um Oh, who who would you dress up as? Uh, I'd probably try to be you Jesus could, Quintana. Oh, really? I'd want to be Jesus. You could I think you could be the dude. Uh, I, I'd well, love to be the dude. Let's see. I, I think could, I'd love to be the dude. I'm a little husky. You could be where, any side where character. Jeff Bridges was. You could I be could, Jackie Treehorn. I could be Jackie Tree. I don't want to be Jackie Treehorn. He has no, to wear a suit. Nobody wants to. Fucking. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of Malibu, shithead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> There's a fucking muck at him. That's a great fucking shot. Fascist dude. There, are, there are so many great, um, just single shots where it's like it's it's miraculous that they got this take on committed to celluloid. Yeah. Um, a lot of them come in the form uh, of the car being demolished. That poor car I was about to say that same thing. goes through so much hell in this. Uh, let's see. I think I wrote them down. So first, it gets rammed into a light post, right? <laughs> then it gets stolen. It gets pissed in. It's it uh, rammed in that dumpster. Uh, the windows are bashed in, and then finally they left the credence. It's set on fire. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking scene where he gets the car back. It's got no windshield. Oh, yeah, he's lighting up a. Joint I love it. Listening mm, to fucking mm, Creedence mm, Clearwater. Mm, mm, He's in the fucking room. Do, 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 looking out my back door. 
And then he drops the uh, drops the the joint between his legs yes. and freaks out. But yes, that shot, that wide shot of him going headfirst into the dumpster, and it just get lifts vertical, like it just goes like <laughs> ten feet off the ground. And the final scene where he walks out of the bu- he's walking out mm-hmm. with Walter and Donnie, and the car's on fucking. You can fire. see the flames. And his dialogue. That's it. Well, they killed my fucking car. They finally did it. <laughs> The film is almost about the car, if you think about it. In a it, way. It goes on a journey. In a way. Both literally and uh, figuratively. It does. It's about two cars that get destroyed. And oh, my God. Yeah. I kill your fucking car. <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> I just bought that fucking car last week. <laughs> That's right. That's the dude's car that he starts beating up. Uh, so, so the relationship with Donnie oh, and Walter... Uh, I love it. <laughs> you do. You, you love it. Well, I, I think I think the 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 dynamic between all three of them is interesting because like the dude never addresses Walter. I think there's like maybe one or two times where he he actually answers a question that he has. Uh-huh. It's always Walter and Donnie going back and forth. Though. Yeah. And I love that that uh, John Goodman's default answer to everything is Donnie, shut, shut the, fu- the fuck shut up, the fuck Donnie. up, Donnie. And there's even that moment where he says, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie," and then he's like, "Oh wait," he catches himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, "Hey, they posted the results." He's like, "Shut the fuck up." Oh really? <laughs> Uh, so what do we criticize about this film oh gosh it's tough well my main complaint and and the only reason I have this complaint it was was my initial going in as a virgin my initial uh, thoughts coming out of the theater was was, that was was funny I left my ass off but I'm not quite sure what I just saw I'm not quite sure what the point of the film was before I realized that Uh again the plot isn't the point um it climaxes a little early, yeah. Um, and I, I think that this movie, like a lot of Coen Brothers films, kind of just coasts to a stop. It really, it really does. But it, it does it so intentionally. Um, you've got this narrator; it, it it's a nice so, bookend. It, it's so natural in the way that it wraps up, though. It, it, yeah, it is, though. But there's always that moment, and it's always when uh, Walter and, and the dude are, are confronting the Big Lebowski when they come uh-huh. back, and he's like, "That guy's a faker." <laughs> he's a faker. I've seen some spinals in my day. This guy can fucking walk. <laughs> Lifts him out of the chair, just drops him down. Drops him down. <laughs> and then from there, you get that slow dissolve, and then we're into Donnie and uh, that 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 scene of foreshadowing where he he's been he's uh, what does he always say? I'm I'm throwing rocks tonight. I'm throwing rocks tonight. And it's the you first, guys are dead in the water. It's the first strike that he doesn't uh, hit. Yeah, um, the, and he just kind of looks at it for a second. Mm-hmm. Huh. And thinking back on it. He he dies of a heart attack later on, and they always say that your arm starts to go numb, and that's yeah. his throwing arm uh-huh. that I guess was going numb. That's yeah. the first sign of it. Yep, a little bit of foreshadowing that's, there. It's but, it's little subtle mm-hmm. little subtle touches. But from that point on in the film, it's 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 a bit of a downer. It doesn't have the same momentum. But there's not much left in the movie after there's that. There's not. Point. But uh, for me, the telltale sign is dissolves. I abhor uh-huh. uh, dissolves. There are a lot in films in that from that moment on. It's yeah, it's that first one. Um, <laughs> And it's like, all right, we're nearing the end. We're kind of coasting to a stop. But uh, he wants to be fucking, we're spreading the fucking ashes. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. One of the best scenes of the film, when they're spreading his ashes right, and, and it just in comes the folders. Right <laughs> He's just standing there with his arms crossed <laughs> as Donnie's ashes finally, are being blown all over. He finally lashes out at Walter and he's like, the fuck, Walter? <laughs> but it's, it's a really sweet scene, man. When he gives him that hug. Yeah. He's like. Come here, dude. He's finally yeah. Come on. That's the one time Fuck where, it. where Walter roll. yeah yeah he he doesn't fight back. He doesn't uh, get stubborn. Uh huh. Calmer than you are. Calmer than <laughs> Calmer fucking you are. <laughs> the scene in the coffee uh, where he's like, I can get you towed by three o'clock <laughs> with, with nail polish. With nail polish. 
<laughs> and he's he's so stubborn that. Uh, but I love that he fucking hit on it right there. She yep. probably kidnapped herself. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too. He calls it all throughout. Yeah, like the ringer. Like that's his idea as well. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, she probably kidnapped herself. That's what we find out. <laughs> Dude. Okay. No, but you were saying I totally I totally cut you off on the oh, I don't remember Walter and, and the oh dude. oh no it, you were you were asking if I could criticize anything in this film and it's just that the the film kind of coasts to to an end but yeah I I love the dynamic Walter and Donnie have um I would love to know I'd like to see a side story just about Donnie like uh-huh. how he got to be involved with these guys yeah in cahoots with them why he puts up with their uh, I like to think that. He, just, he has a job where he's like super powerful where everybody respects him. Uh-huh. Um, but this is the one time where he can kind of not have to be the boss. Yeah. That's kind of that's my dream for I, I just feel like the dude's just so laid back. Which is really weird that like he's the one that dies of a heart attack. You got like John Goodman who's fucking screaming and yelling and so high stress throughout yeah. this whole movie. And you got laid back Donnie, mm-hmm. dies of a fucking heart attack. I know. So it's the irony. You can see they're playing with the irony there. And also, even though that's one of my least favorite twists. <laughs> Phone's ringing, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> so fucking quotable. Even though it's one of my least favorite twists, you know, the Donnie killing him off. Cause Who pissed on your rug? Why? <laughs> Were you listening to the dude's story, Donnie? You're like a child who no, wanders was, into a theater. I was, I was, I was, I was Donnie, you're out of your element. I am the walrus. <laughs> Not John Lennon. <laughs> Vladimir Lennon. Uh, that's great. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, we could sit here and just quote this fucking well, movie yeah, I, the entire we, time. I feel like we pretty much have. <laughs> One of the things that I had a problem with, and I think this might be why you didn't really like fall in love with this movie to begin with, mm-hmm. because I feel like you, just like myself, are very visual. And so you're taking in the visuals yes, 100%, and sometimes the dialogue's coming at you you know, secondary. Yes. Uh, and to just go off of what this movie's throwing at you visually, it's kind of... It, it, it's it's kind of chaos, and you're like, uh, why is okay? Why is Julianne more naked with fucking paintbrushes yes, and like flying? Completely random. Stuff? Why is this happening? What's going on? And so you're trying to piece things together visually. You cannot. This is not the movie that you could just have on with the volume down, and no. just and just enjoy it that way. Because there's a lot of movies that you could like fucking Fury Road. You don't even need the dialogue on yeah, for that. That's fucking. a good point. By the way, I posted a video on our uh, Facebook page. And it's just a collection of shots of oh, yeah. Fury Road without unenhanced. Without the special effects. And it still looks fucking gorgeous. Yep. It's still amazing. Practical effects, everybody. George Miller proving why he's a fucking amazing filmmaker and should have gotten fucking Best Director. All right, right, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just petitioning the Academy, guys. We're doing it right here. Sign on our Facebook page. It already fucking got nominated. What do you Whatever. want? Well, I, it needs to win. Yeah, well. What won? The ship is sailed. What was it? It was that fucking... What did win that year? See, Something exactly. predictable. Oh, it was like the theory of everything the, or, yeah, or fucking... The English Patient. <laughs> exactly. It was 2015's The English Patient. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. No, but visually, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I guess, what I'm going to say is something that sometimes bothers me about this movie is how sometimes visually it kind of collides with one another rather than always smoothly transitions from one moment to the other. Hmm. It doesn't happen often. And I mean, I'm digging really fucking hard to try to find some yes. shit, but sometimes it clashes. Um, but I mean, God, I'm again trying to go from like the fever dream and then the the chick getting like 
the the tr- what is it, the trampling the human trampling oh, that they're doing? I love that and Jackie Tree that whole introduction. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a great scene too because there's that that last crane shot as uh, uh, as like, he's walking. It's so it starts off in slow motion, uh-huh. and then by the time Jackie Treehorn gets to you, it is it is sped, is ramped up, ramped up to live action. It's fucking amazing. It's really well done. Yeah. You don't even notice it. I mean, and and, uh, and we really need to we really need to touch on like again going back to like films of like the 30s, the 20s, the 30s. Uh, you know your Busby Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at some of that choreographed dance stuff that's going on with Maud in the dream sequence, mm-hmm. with the headpieces going up and down. <laughs> I love like this, but this is really excellent old school filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's really artistic. It's gorgeous. A lot of long takes, uh-huh. a lot of wide shots. Yes. They don't do a lot of depth uh, of field uh, type of. Uh, you see that a lot. Like that's kind of the trend nowadays. Is mm-hmm. to have that really soft, thrown out of focus background, yeah. and the foreground, and uh-huh. everything's really shallow. Um, no, everything's pretty much shot with a wide angle lens on this one. Everything is in focus all the time. Um, but it's 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 got a style all of its own. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, I really don't have any other specific notes on this. Well, I mean, let's just like, quote uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Quote him. You know what I like about him though? Um, <laughs> his. He's fun to watch when other things are going on. Uh-huh. So there's that his, scene. His rea- he he fuck yeah. He's he's a party to so many great fucking moments. Uh, but he's ever like the foot soldier, and he's so just like loyal to the Big Lebowski for <laughs> yes. for for unknown reasons. Because as we find out later, he doesn't really have any power, any money. No, he has an allowance set yeah. forth by Maud. Um, but there's that scene when. Um, when uh, the dude has been called back after he's stolen the rug, oh and the he how the he, way he opens the, the door, the dramatic physicality head of it. down, and he's kind of like through that whole monologue that the Big Lebowski is giving. He's kind of like standing there at attention. Look at his hands the next time you watch it. His fingers are like spread out. He is so tense, waiting for his cue. And he's like, Brent will give you the details, and he just pops into action. Yes. And then there's that scene later on when they're inside the limo, where my favorite my favorite quote. Of the movie, oh, like, yeah? I think I think it's my fa- at least my favorite David Huddleston quote. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, where the dude starts talking about. I mean, she probably dude, kidnapped herself. You ever thought I mean, this could be more uh, 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 complex. That did not occur to us, dude. <laughs> that had not occurred. To us. And then, well, you know, all this new shit. All this new shit has come to light. <laughs> and then David Huddleston looks at me and says, "What in God's holy name are you blathering about?" <laughs> One of my favorite bits of that, and I don't know why. I think it's just his delivery. Is yeah, it's it is. so fucking great. Definitely his delivery. Mm. What is your favorite quote in the Big Lebowski? Oh my god, that's like asking who your favorite child is. Wait, you don't have any, Joe. Who's your favorite child, Harper. Joe? Easy, Harper. Oh, that backfired. <laughs> um, what is my favorite quote? Um, fuck. Oh, let me see. Let me see if I wrote it down because I have a few. Um. <laughs> well, I do like uh, I, I do like the side character of Knox Harrington, the video artist. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the pencil thin mustache. He uh-huh. kind of looks like who's that? What's that director's name? Um, uh, I don't know, but you're talking about David Thewlis. Uh, yeah, oh, no. yeah, but th- there's a there's a famous director who has that same pencil thin mustache. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's gay. What's his name? Fuck. Oh, John Waters. John Waters. He looks yeah. like John Waters. And, Dude, uh, I fucking remembered that. What do you what, what do you do, Lebowski? <laughs> Who the fuck, Who the is, fuck this guy? is this guy? <laughs> it's like a, a and, and he oh, never comes back. No, no exactly. He yeah. just has that one scene where he laughs. When, <laughs> 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 he's laughing, but uh, he's like, "What do you do, Lebowski? Man, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, a friend. Yeah, a friend with a cleft asshole." <laughs> That is a that is a personal favorite of mine. That's a really good quote. What about yours? Um, I think mine probably 
Shit, man, that is tough. I should have been sitting here thinking about mm. it while you were giving me yours. Well, they cut off your Johnson. No, I kind of. I. You know what? Nice marmot. <laughs> nice, think, nice marmot. Nice marmot. These guys have just broken into his fucking apartment. <laughs> He's smoking a doob in the fucking bathtub, uh, and these guys break in. He's just looking. <laughs> He's like, nice marmot. <laughs> and they throw it Drop in. it in there. <laughs> the, there's, there's two shots of animals in this film that I love the most. And one is that shot of the marmot after they brought it out of the uh, uh, the tub where he, he shakes he shakes yes. it off. They, they cut back to it for no reason other than it's a, these, these guys know what's funny. Yeah. The Coen brothers. Yes, they do. And that is a, f- a hilarious shot. And then uh, there's the, the other shot of uh, the, the, the Palmer. Pomeranian, which is not a Pomeranian, by no, the way. Nope. Uh, you brought you brought a dog bowling. I didn't bring it bowling. I'm buying it a beer. I'm not renting it's it. Not shoes. taking your fucking turn. <laughs> <laughs> but as that scene is going down, oh, there's another favorite uh, line, which is a uh, market zero, market zero, smoking, market zero. No, um, market an eight, dude. Yeah, over nope. the line, over the line, smoking. Uh, uh, so as uh, Walter <laughs> has pulled the gun on poor Smokey, it, right? Is Smokey his name? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and all the he shit's going to fan. He's a conscientious objector. <laughs> I also like, dabbled in pacifism at one point. <laughs> no, dude, that. like he has emotional issues. <laughs> Aside from being a pacifist, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> but there's that shot of the dog that is jumping up at jo- at Walter's leg as he's got the piece drawn. It's just yeah. a throwaway shot. There's no reason for a dog to be. It builds the uh, it builds the moment. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're there. It's lived in. It's just not. It's not just a manufactured shot. Yeah. It's a moment. It's something that we led up to. It's organic. I fucking uh, no. I totally hear what you're saying. I love it. It's kind of like. One of the things I really love what they do when they're talking about Jesus Quintana. Oh, my God. And he's talking about him. He's talking about, like, you know, no, dude, he's a better ass. He has to go door to door. And they fucking visually show what? John Turturro you walking know, up to a house. I was thinking and about knocking that. on the door, and someone opens it, and he's about to speak, and then they cut back like, to the big That's room. a day's worth of everybody's time. That's, uh-huh. a, that's a 25-man crew. They've got a jib shot from up high. They've got a white balance. They've got to light it. They've they, got they, hired, they hired that one guy to answer the door. Who looks like a wrestler? Yeah, uh, and yeah, there's no dialogue in it. Uh-huh. And not only is that a throw, is that a throwaway scene that they shot? It's for a throwaway backstory uh-huh. for a throwaway character. character yeah. Like why wh- they they build him up like he's going to be an antagonist, but he yes. really he really isn't. Mm-hmm. But he's so amazing in that moment. That, John Turturro. That reveal, oh, dude, that song to the, the Hotel Gypsy California. Kings, yeah. Oh my Ding-a-ding. god! Ding-a-ding. He's licking the ball, mm-hmm. and then he does his little fucking slow mo dance. He thinks he's gonna do something badass. I love that whole sequence. Woo! I was going to fuck you on. What does he say? I was gonna fuck you on Thursday. I fuck you on Saturday instead. You got a date on Saturday. Jesus, that's right. You said it, man. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with Jesus. You pull that shit. <laughs> I'll pull your piece out on the lane, I'll, I'll take, take it, it from away. you, shove it up your ass, and pull the trigger till it goes <laughs> click. <laughs> he is so great. Uh, I mean, what else do you want from a comedy? I, they're really, I mean, it delivers, for me, it delivers on, mm-hmm. on all cylinders. Like, it's just fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it's a sign of just a really well-made movie. I, I don't like being like this on the podcast, but like, I'm sitting here fucking just uh, filleting it. 
uh, for the past hour. It's it's just it's really good. It's yeah. a really strong movie, and and what a cool testament to David Huddleston mm. that he can mark this as like this is one of the movies that he's a part of. He is immortalized yeah. in this movie as as the big Lebowski, as big Jeffrey Lebowski. He's immortalized as this character who's got some amazing character moments, who drives this movie forward mm-hmm. several times. What makes a man, <laughs> Mr. Lebowski? Is it doing the right thing? That and a pair of testicles. <laughs> what? Like you're joking. But suppose you're right. Strong men also, also cry. <laughs> I love how he's giving the whole story, and then we cut to the dude. And he's reading the note, and he's reading it yes. slow in his mind. There's a and this is nothing the Coens do well, and they do it well in this film, which is um, there. There's there are several scenes where two people are talking, and they're kind of having almost two separate conversations, yes. but with each other. Uh-huh. But their lines are overlapping. You kind of have to piece it together, and it's masterfully done. Like that scene when he's reading the ransom note, you're hearing the dude's voiceover, but the timing is perfect because as he stops reading a line, you're hearing. The big Lebowski in the background, yeah, yeah. giving giving Cowards. some more, yeah, giving some more achievement, uh, giving some more character development. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good, and it looks that scene is so beautiful, like and with the fucking soundtrack, with that that yeah. operatic soundtrack, mm-hmm. it just they know how to paint the scene, they know how to set the atmosphere. Uh, excellent. Do you you have anything else that you want to touch on? Uh, let's see. No, I, I again love the soundtrack. I I do think this is a musical because you not only are some of these scenes edited to the beat, like especially with uh, Oye Como Va. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> it cuts to black after uh, I kill your fucking car. We see one last hit and it oh, goes Oye to black. Como va. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and not only is the soundtrack great, but like the music. Is all over the place. Uh-huh. You got there's, uh, there's no one distinct style. No, there isn't. Like you said, there's opera mixed with credence, mixed with the the Eagles. Man, I hate the fucking the, Eagles. I hate the man. fucking Eagles. I do too, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the fucking Eagles too. Yeah. Um, all right, then what did the Big Lebowski do right? Oh gosh, um, I I literally wrote down everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, man. But that's such a cop out. Like I feel like I need to. Well, then if you want to you break down one thing, then Here, go for it. Here's what I'll say because um, I can't say I disagree with you. It's for for me. It's the ebb and flow. Like th- this film has some some great individual scenes, uh-huh. but the reason it's so unwatchable is because there's no point at which you can bail out uh-huh. because each scene kind of seamlessly fl- leads into the next scene. Sure, and then it, like th- that's what happens to me. I, I, I'll start watching it and then be like, okay, just as one last scene. And this next and part. I, oh no, 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 no you can't, I can't, I can't stop here. I got to finish this scene, uh-huh. and, then, and then it just leads into the next scene. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's just wonderfully paced uh, and and done very intentionally. Okay, um, what I think the Big Lebowski did right. I'm gonna I want to name two things. One, I think this, this movie was cast almost perfectly. Yes. Almost perfect cast mm-hmm. in this film. Everybody had a handle and a grasp on who they were, what Reed. their relationships were to each other. Tara Reed isn't important. No. She's a minor character. Flea, I, what about Flea? But Flea was this Flea was great <laughs> yeah. as the as his Duffy Johnson of his squishits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I had to no, no, it's fine. It's just some of these, some of these lines. Like, there's so many lines of dialogue. Like we said before, we could sit here and just deliver them back and forth to each other. I have, and I will fucking crack up because I don't get, I don't, I don't get tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testament to the cast, yeah. to the the yeah. care the cast that they hired for this movie. Um, this is lightning in a bottle. 
This isn't every Coen Brothers movie. This isn't every movie. This isn't every brilliant comedy. This is, and I brought it up earlier, this is like Scott Pilgrim level, like Mm -hmm. excellence that's going on. Like you took great care and really thought about who you needed in these roles and who would fit them perfectly. And you put them in the right spots. They wrote the role for a lot of the actors, the three main actors. Okay, that I had had no clue. You know what's funny though? Like the the Coen Brothers don't even count this as one of their their favorites. Like this is kind of a throwaway. And every time there's talk of like a sequel... Um, you can't sequelize no, don't, this. Don't ruin it. It's a, it's a, it's perfect as is. Yeah, uh, I think that this this movie it succeeds based on the 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 skills and the effort and the work from the cast. Mm-hmm. But something else that I also want to say that this movie did right was it still has a through line. Like you talked about earlier, you like the plot, but you know, and you kind of left it off. But this movie does have a plot. It's there it if has, you want to pay attention. It to has it. something that it's working towards. It has something that it's moving All towards. All the pieces kind of fit together. And I know we talk constantly about like, well, your protagonist has to go through a journey. They need to change. And you can honestly say that like, the dude doesn't really change no. in this movie He's at the constant. all. Uh, a, a man of constant. Damn it! <laughs> but but none of our none of our people really change from who they were at the beginning to who they are at the end. But that doesn't matter because. You got a story. Mm-hmm. You got like a detective story. Like this is a pulp serialized novel kind of thing. And it fits right in the middle. You just kind of jumped into the middle of this person's universe. You got to experience an adventure through their eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then we move on. And it, it it's, it's classic Hollywood cinema. Mm-hmm. Great film noir storytelling. It, it melds these things together, but still manages to have like... People think it's just a stoner comedy, right? No, like in disguise, a, there's so much going more on. going on. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, the Coen Brothers, fucking, I, I don't know how they can't think this is one of their greatest. <laughs> but this this film speaks volumes to me. I love it, and those are what I think it did right. What did this movie do wrong, Joel? Again, I mentioned it earlier. I think it kind of coasts to a stop at the end. There, uh, it loses a little bit of momentum, but not for very long. Like by the time. I kind of feel like it's it's wearing thin. The movie's almost over, and then again, you know, like I said, some my last uh, or my uh, uh, some of my favorite scenes are near the end there, uh-huh. and I love the the last scene um, because if you'll go back and watch it, it's it's all one take, one take, and it begins and ends with that guy in the background uh-huh. bowling a strike. Yeah, and every time I watch it, I must think. Wow, how bad would it be if you're the guy, the, the, the actors have performed perfectly, the cameras pulled focus perfectly, and then you fuck up the strike. Well, he's he's a pro, right? He was a yeah. pro that they brought in. A couple and of those also, guys are he's pros. He's Quintana's partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it the same was guy? Was it the same guy? Well, you never see him from the front, so I don't know if that's that guy, but I know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, the little guy with the mustache. <laughs> yeah, he was a pro that they brought in. You could definitely tell, yeah. too. He just kind of stands there with a, a half smirk on the entire time. So the, uh, okay, so coasting to a stop a little bit. is kind of what this movie did and, wrong. And, and like I said, initially, the first time I saw it, I, I thought this was a movie that you had to pay attention to the story. Uh-huh. Um, it's the, Like I said, it's there, yeah. the, the, but that's not why they made this film. Here's, here's the deal. I feel like you're going to enjoy this movie the most if you do pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said earlier, uh, you can't just take it in visually. Mm-hmm. You've got to hear what's going on to get the full effect of what's going on with this movie. I even love how Bunny has a little a little story there. Yeah. Because we find out that other dick... I'm, I'm, I'm the a brother Seamus. I'm a brother Seamus. <laughs> well, like an Irish monk. An Irish monk. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> that guy just passed away recently, too. I know. Yeah. Delfino. Uh-huh. So yeah. we've, we've lost... We've lost... I, and I think he was one of the detectives in Highlander. Oh, hey, interesting. Hi, Brenda. 
Oh, I was think it that's, that guy? that's him. Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. You look really nice, Brennan. Yes. He was like thin. He was also in The Crow. Mm-hmm. Yep. He played the uh, Gideon from the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Man, that's another great character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, him, Philip Seymour Hoffman. we three people from that movie. Yeah. And Donnie. Oh, <laughs> um, Donnie who loved bowling. <laughs> and you took him, Lord. <laughs> in, your, in your wisdom, you took him. He explored the, as a surfer, he explored the coast of California. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn. So what I think this movie did wrong. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, we're and still this, on that. This yeah. is a very uh this is a very subjective thing. Okay. Uh Julianne Moore's not my favorite. Oh she's really? Not, oh, we haven't not, talked about Maud enough she, yet. We really haven't, and she's really not my favorite. I kind of feel there's a few there's a few moments mm-hmm. that I think are are funny that she's involved in. But I think it's based solely on the work of Jeff Jeff Bridges. Oh, you think of so? How he reacts and what he's giving her That's back. True. I don't. Some I don't men understand. find the word uncomfortable. Vagina. Vagina. Coitus. <laughs> I like how they have a little back and forth on that too, <laughs> yes. where she's like, "Make love to me," and he's like, "You mean, you mean coitus?" coitus? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't understand what her accent. Why she has that accent? Mm. Um, I don't. I don't like how like. And I know that's the point of the character. She's in your face. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something that rubs me kind of wrong. Interesting. Not, not completely. I still have a good time with the movie. Mm-hmm. And again, I, like I said earlier, I'm digging really fucking hard to find something to criticize. And the most honest thing I can say is I'm just kind of physically turned off by Julianne <laughs> no, Moore. No, that's true. I, I've never found her attractive. And uh, she gets naked. For, for, a, for an actress that you don't want to see naked, she sure gets naked in a lot of her movies. Uh-huh. Maybe that's just me. Well, and I, don't, I, and I don't think it's really based on that. I don't think it's really based on her physicality because yeah. I think that she's an attractive woman. Yeah. I just, there's something about her as this character that turns me off. I'm just like, eh, all right, okay. You know, not a whole like I still I still go through it. I'm still like, yeah, it's not like I'm hating every moment she's on the screen. That's just of all the things I love, that's what I love the least. Yeah, well, that's just like your, your opinion, opinion, man. man. <laughs> no, I like it. I think she has some of my favorite delivery in here. Um she's talking about the the Beva picture. <laughs> The, the story is ludicrous. You can imagine where it goes from here. <laughs> he fixes the cable. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he's talking about the uh, uh, the dude who's talking about the, oh, shit, yeah, the little urban achievers. She's like, yes, and proud we are of all of, of them. them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like it's this rehearsed thing that she's had but, to say. But open. even she kind of has, everybody kind of has, a, uh, everybody has a motivation. Delfino has a motivation. Bunny has a motivation. Uh, somewhat. Uh, she just wants a party. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, how are you going to get her back on the farm she's after the trof- she's seen Carl she's, Hungus? <laughs> she's the trophy wife. She's the trophy wife. And, but even, and Maud hates that. Yep, and, yeah. and she wants to conceive, and that's uh-huh. why she uh, gives him the doctor's name. Oh He's a good God. man. And thorough. And thorough. <laughs> Go see him, Jeffrey. <laughs> you, you have not gone to the doctor, Jeffrey. <laughs> Uh, all right, so if we were going to remake The Big Lebowski oh, today, here we go. one of the toughest recasts this I've is, ever had to tackle. I don't think it could be, even before you were sitting here saying, like, how do you recast the dude? And I uh, I think I've done something a little predictable. I've used uh, characters I've recast before, but damn, okay. I think they fit well here. But okay. I have uh, about 10 characters We'll just go I've back recast. and forth on this, because I don't have like a real theme okay. going no, with I, this. I don't either. Uh, right. Well, there's a bit of a theme. Some of these actors work together a lot. Um, but uh, I'm going to start with, uh, you want to start with The Nihilist? Carl Hungus. Carl Hungus. Uh, sure. Played by Peter Stormare in this film. Um, Who is also in uh, Armageddon that we've spoken about. Yeah, previously. that's right. Uh, do, Lev, the, the cosmonaut, the he's Russian He's always cosmonaut. doing weird accents, isn't he? Well, that's him. That's his voice. 
Is that really what he yeah, sounds like? Yeah, that's really what he sounds like. Interesting. That's what Peter Stormare sounds Yeah, because he does like. that in Minority Report as well. Uh, well, my nihilist. Um, Joe, did you see Pitch Perfect 2? Uh, no. You might be familiar with the uh, the internet star uh, Flula Borg. Flula! You know Flula? Dirk, Levo- <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. This the champs, Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> she poops he, at the parties? And he does this whole thing about like comparing the Dallas Mavericks to Star Wars. He's like, Jason Jet Terry. Yeah. He's like, when you go down the, the Death Star Trench and he shoots the ball yeah. and he makes it, Dallas Mavericks are the champs. <laughs> There you go. Can you imagine Flula? <laughs> Flula would be the, fucking good. The black leotard and the scissors. Vikotovia Johnson. <laughs> he would be fucking great in this role. We uh, believe in nothing, Lebowski. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. Nothing. Um, I, I just, I guess Daniel Craig. <laughs> I would love to see James Bond playing this role as nihilist number what? one. That's crazy. Would he be doing his James Bond accent? I believe in no- I think that's just Daniel Craig's that's voice. That's how he is. Mm-hmm. I believe in nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> like just playing it real straight. We're him with a marmot. <laughs> Uh, how about Bunny? Bunny Next. Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cast Bella Thorne. Oh, nice. And I know I go, like go. I go the Bella Thorne route when I need a young, attractive actress mm-hmm. who doesn't really have to do much. Yeah, well, uh, every rose has its thorn. Uh-huh. And my Just rose... Like every night has its thorn. ...is uh, Megan Fox. I go to her oh. a lot, too. But, uh, man, you want a you wanna trophy wife? <laughs> there she is. You could do worse yeah, you than, could. than Megan Fox. I'll say. Uh, did you do Jackie Treehorn? I did do Jackie Treehorn. Okay. Uh, I can't take credit for this one. Jenna came up with this one, and it's <laughs> fucking spot on. on that piece of paper. I, that is my favorite thing. Dude, um, <laughs> Jeff, producer Jeff, uh-huh. who uh, used to, you yeah. know, rest in peace, Jeff. He's... Yeah. He's still with us, right? He's he's moved actually. He moved this weekend. I heard about that. Place, yeah. I asked him if he would do a uh, a guest spot on the podcast. We have to have him get him back on at some point. You want to run that by me? We'll Skype Once him in. in. Well, listen, he's, you he's wanna, still you, a partner. You wanna, no, I know, no, I know. Listen, new shit has come to light. <laughs> what in God's holy name are you blathering about? <laughs> um, Jackie Treehorn. So uh, Jenna came up with this one um, because she was like, you know, he'd be good because you need somebody who's a little older, a little distinguished, but you know, still suave. You can tell he was a handsome man. Uh-huh. You may not know this actor by name, uh, but his name is Neil McDonough. He um, he was the the good cop in Minority Report. He's had a couple of bit parts. I've seen Minority a, Report once, and you've referenced it like five <laughs> times in the past. You, you month. need to, we need to do that film again because yeah. that film does not get its due. I think that's one of Spielberg's best yeah. and one of the best uh, sci-fi well, films. Black Lives Matter. But what Minority Report? Oh. <laughs> I'm just that was a stretch. I'm just it was it was a total stretch. Cut that part out, Jeff. Cut that part out. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be on his tombstone. <laughs> cut that Jeff, part out, cut Jeff. Cut that part out, Jeff. <laughs> Joel Burnson. <laughs> Neil McDonough, you Google him, but he's got this piercing blue eyes. Oh, I know who he is now. Mm-hmm. He uh Sci Fi Channel did a uh, original movie called Tin Man. That sounds about right. Where he played the Tin Man with oh. Zoe De Chanel. Oh, I and remember. Alan that. Cummings, I think, was the, was uh, the, scarecrow. the scarecrow. That's right. Yeah, I know who and he was also in Band of Brothers. Yes. Yep. You got I, the guy. I, I know. You, you got, got the got right the one, baby. You got the <laughs> McDonald. Uh, McDonald's. Da, 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 da. I'm my, it. my Jackie Treehorn, mm-hmm. maybe not quite as handsome or suave, mm. but a fucking amazing character actor. Uh, I went with Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Yeah. You know who Richard Jenkins is, right? Yes. In yes. fact, I just saw him in... Um, oh, they were showing... Uh, 
fun with Dick and Jane on uh-huh. TV. He had a bit part in that, but he just won an Oscar, didn't he, yes, for he Bridge did. of Spies? Yes, he did last year. Yep. No, he's he's such a good actor. That's a great. Lots idea. of good range. Nice. Uh, I think he would be great there. Who do you have next? Oh, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Oh. I realized I evoked Jeff Earnshaw's name. It's because um, one day we were recording the podcast. I, I wasn't here. really interested. I it's didn't okay. Care. I'm going to tell you anyway because one right. day we were recording the podcast. I don't remember what episode, but uh, he had a little notepad out here, and I uh, I drew that stick figure that Jackie Treehorn draws, <laughs> and months later. He texts me a photo of that, of that picture, and he's like, dude, what the hell? So I had to text him the image from Big Lebowski. Like, I was going for this. It wasn't quite on. That's amazing. He was like, it looks like he has no balls. Uh, Jesus Quintana? I didn't do Jesus Quintana. You didn't do Jesus Quintana. No. I did, and my Jesus. Nobody fucks. Who did I cast that you didn't cast then? Um, uh, All right, go ahead. We'll figure it out. Go ahead. But, nobody uh, fucks with the Nobody Jesus. fucks with John Leguizamo. When That's he's pretty good. Another John? Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, if I have to do it on the fly, mm. um, I guess my Jesus Quintana uh, would be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. I'll go Joe Golev. Can't be mad at that. Yeah, just a, in, a, in a pinch. We you also go wrong. JGL. Get that hairnet. Uh-huh. Action going, purple jumpsuit. Hey, nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe Golev. Yeah, uh, I felt it. I have The Stranger. Oh, I didn't do. Did the you stranger. not cast him? What the fuck? That's so okay. So Shit, that's, you do yours. Let me see if I can come up with something. Uh, dude, I don't think it takes too much guesswork to figure out where I'm going to go. What is the equivalent of Sam? Uh, what's his name? Sam Shepard. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. No, Sam Elliot. Sam Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. Uh, uh, Sam Elliot. You know, he's he's Texas boy, man, cowboy. That voice. I mean, there's no denying that voice. And that sounds like if you want a cowboy looking dude, you want the, the big Lebowski to be able to go and look at him and say. I like what you got going on there, man. The whole yeah, cowboy dig your thing. style too. Man. I dig your style too, man. Matthew McConaughey. Oh fuck! He's got to do it, dude. That's amazing. Yes. All right, all right. I'm <laughs> I'm talking about the dude here. And there's you know you sound kind of like George Bush. I did a little bit. This aggression will not <laughs> you stand. Do McConaughey man. or Bush? <laughs> <laughs> we got Russell or Wayne or McConaughey or Bush. Sometimes there's a man. Sometimes. Mission accomplished. Some- <laughs> do you, can, do you uh, have anybody? Great. I do now because I thought that whole time in your little preamble there, I thought you were ramping up to Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been good. He would have been good too for that. It's the stranger. All right. So, Maud. Do you have to use some cuss words? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> have it your way, Have it dude. your way, dude. You got one of them sarsaparillas. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Maud. Oh, uh, did you do Brant or you just have them swapped? I have Brant. Yeah. Oh, oh, I all right. Uh, well, oh, I'm sorry. Let's do Maud first then. All right. Uh, I went with uh, Parker Posey. Speaking of uh, Matthew McConaughey, hey, that's of good. dazed and confused fame. Oh, all right. So I remember Maud in this movie was a redhead. Yes. And uh, a redhead who I find insanely attractive, mm. who I would love to see put on a sling and uh, and thrown naked across a room with some paintbrushes. Christina Hendricks. Oh, dude, that'd be great. Yeah. I kind of swore you were going Br- Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard. Bryce Howard or whatever the fuck her name is. Oh, but I like her better. Yeah. That's a great idea. I think Christina Hendricks would be great. <laughs> oh, and she does comedy. So, Brant, yeah. uh, you, I told you this before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor that was in She's All That, she, he played uh, Rachel Lee Cook's best friend. That's right. And he's also Foggy Nelson in the mm-hmm. Daredevil TV show. Yeah. I went with Eldon Henson because dude, motherfucker looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman. That is fantastic casting. Uh, my Probably not as good, but if you want somebody who uh, maybe can can put on the pounds, but also shed them when he needs to, uh-huh. um, and can do uncomfortable, how about Jonah Hill? What if Jonah, Jonah Hill were brand? Jonah Hill would be good. Yeah, yeah. He's just ever 
uh, infatuated with the Big Lebowski. Dude, do anything I, he asks. I, I am kind of intrigued about this Todd Phillips movie that he's in with uh, what's yeah. his name, uh, who play, who was in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, um, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. I'm kind of intrigued by this movie. I just I don't know. Like I I, I it, it, there's something about it that looks like it's a little too kind of like what they were doing with. The uh, Hangover Three, where I was like, okay, this looks a little too dark. What's the name of this film? Uh, I don't know. War Inc. War, War Dogs. War Dogs. War Dogs. What? What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what it has on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll look it up later. Uh huh. Not that important. Okay. Uh, but no, I mean Todd Phillips has become like a really great visual director. Like I'm thinking back to his days doing Road Trip, or was, oh, was it, that him? Was it Road Trip or Sex Drive? No, no, it was Road Trip. <laughs> And, like, it's a really funny movie, but, wow, like, you look at that, and then you look at visually, mm-hmm. look at War Dogs, look at the trailers for War Dogs and what he's doing now. Like, that is that is a director that's grown from like a, a visual standpoint. Like a Tony Scott yeah. feel to it, almost. God, I miss you, Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Um, all right, so next, I have Jeffrey Lebowski, yes. the big Lebowski. The other Lebowski. You're the big Le- You're Lebowski. I'm the dude. Uh, I went with Jeff Garland. Oh, God. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of that, that same physicality, that same delivery. That voice, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. It needs to be, it needs to have a voice that's kind of comparable to David Huddleston. Mm-hmm. Who did you go with? Well, uh, I also cannot take credit for this one. This was another Jenna Poll. Uh, Maybe I should just do the podcast with Jenna. You should, because I get half of my casting from her. She's <laughs> she's a great castmate. Castaway. Um, <laughs> castaway. <laughs> and uh, I, I stopped thinking about it the minute she said, uh, she was like, you know what would be cool? What if, because uh, I was like, oh, who's who's an older actor who's a little bit overweight, but getting up there in age. She's like, Kathy Bates. And she was like, why don't you just do John Goodman as the Big Lebowski? That would be pretty fucking John cool, Goodman as the Big Lebowski. That would be pretty fucking cool. How cool would they do if they actually like remade it and uh-huh. got him back to, oh. to do that role? Oh, that would be great. That would be fun. That would be good. Good job, Jenna. Right? Uh, all right, so who, uh, well, I got Donnie Walter and the dude. Yep, we got the top three. Okay. The triumvirate. All right. Um... Donnie is. You want to go? You want to go, Donnie first? Do Donnie. All right. Who do you have? Um, I almost feel like. Well, no, I won't swallow it. Okay, uh, Donnie, my Donnie, uh, meek, meek, humble Donnie, spindly Donnie. Uh huh. About Michael Sarah. That's what I did too. Oh, yeah. That's what I did too. Uh oh. Does that mean you're Walter? Is Danny McBride? Sure is. What? Yeah. yeah that's Does that Walter. mean that your dude? Is Seth Rogen? Nope. Aww. No, I wanted to go against, because I figured that would be a little too predictable for me, but is your Seth Rogen? Mine is Seth Rogen. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> that's that's really good. See, I'm afraid that like if that's if that's how I had made the movie, if that's my casting for it, mm-hmm. I'm kind of afraid it goes like the way of Pineapple Express. Yeah. Um, so with mine, my dude is Thomas Jane. Oh. Somebody who's already got like a background of like, S- being smokes a, a lot of pot. Yeah. Smokes a lot of pot. But, like, could be schlubby enough. Like, mm-hmm. you could cast him to be schlubby enough. But also, like, you could buy someone like Maud going, okay, you might have decent genetics. You can yep. get me a good kid. That's right. So oh, I went with Thomas like Jane for that. That's great. Yeah, who do you have directing this whole deal? Well, I mentioned, you know, Seth Rogen and Danny McBride and Michael Sarah and uh, their buddy Evan Goldberg is always directing their films. So oh, okay. why, why change it up? That's pretty good. Uh, I went with Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> based on... The trailers I saw for Inherent Vice. Yes. I was like, that looks like a big Lebowski wannabe. And in fact, that's what all the reviews say, too. Oh, really? I have, I've yet to bring myself to watch it. I haven't watched like, it either. This is so shamelessly... Either it's the guys who cut the trailer together wanting to go after that big Lebowski audience, uh-huh. but still, there's enough there in the film 
to pull from that it feels it feels just from like and an i homage. feel like we probably should watch it eventually we should um because yeah no the trailer looks like when i first saw it i was like so it's the big it's lebowski a, it's this generation's big lebowski that's, okay. dude that's a great idea yeah oh, i totally forgot about that um nicely done if you've got any thoughts about how you would recast the big lebowski or if you got thoughts about what we've done uh go ahead and let us know on our facebook page go to facebook put in the editing bay in that search bar and that's going to bring up a picture of some woman with bleeding eyes it's, it's an animated <laughs> picture it's not for real uh click on that and that's gonna bring you to our facebook page and that's where you could talk back to us and also give us your ideas for movies that you'd like for us to watch in the future we've also got a website right Joel? we sure do it's editingbay.com if any if you're ever wondering uh oh what's our facebook uh, link oh what's our twitter handle how do you uh find all of our past episodes well your answers are at your fingertips when your fingertips type editingbay.com. That's very good. Uh, if you get us on your Apple device, go ahead and uh, right now, pull out your phone. Do it. And, We're watching and you. tap on your podcast. Wait, hold on, Joe. They're not doing it. They're not doing They're, it. We're serious, guys, guys. Seriously. Thank you. All three of you. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Kevin. Uh, uh, Michael. Michael Daly. <laughs> Ke- Kyle. Kyle. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. No, seriously. Pull out your, your phone and tap on that podcasting app, and we would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and review. All you have to do in the podcasting app, click on the little micro uh, magnifying glass. That's your search function, as it is on every web page in the history of man. Uh, go ahead and click on that <laughs> and type in the editing bay or type in Next Wave Radio and find the editing bay that way. Uh, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Uh, if your review is a criticism, Make it five-star criticism. Mm-hmm. Make it really stand out. Um, but no, we would appreciate you doing that. If you don't have an Apple device, you can also get us on your... I don't know how you're listening to us right now, but you can get <laughs> us on your Android, uh, or you could tell your friends who are like, man, I don't have an iPhone. I can't get it. They say, you know what, motherfucker? I got you hooked up. <laughs> Pull out your your Android device and get the Podcast Addict or Podcast Republic apps, and you could search the iTunes library that way and, uh, and listen to the show as well. Uh, would love that if you could do that and uh, and help us grow the show. Tell mm-hmm. people about it. So what are we going to do next week? Uh, well, this was my pick, buddy. So it was uh, your pick. You're up to bat. So here's the deal. At the end of the month, I'm celebrating my 20th high school oh, reunion. We've oh. got my 20th reunion. And I was going to try to pull Gross Point Blank I was back just going to say. But I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Another day. Because I kind of feel like we've spent a little bit too much time watching movies that we enjoy. Yeah. That either you enjoy or I enjoy or we enjoy together. Especially after this week. We have, uh, we've got to go back. We've got to go back to the roots of this podcast mm. and watch something that's especially bad. Oh, no. But maybe bad in a delightful way. I hope so. Um, there's a movie called Samurai Cop. <laughs> yes. That we're going to revisit uh, <laughs> right here on the podcast. It's a, a movie that stars... Nobody. It's not on any of the streaming sites. But Joel, I have a digital copy that I could transfer over for you I if you'd like it. I will need that. Um, it's it's a horrible film. <laughs> the only person you're really going to recognize is Robert Zadar, who was like in the Conan movies or whatever, and he's got like this huge chin. Like he had this medical condition where he had this he has this big chin, giant chin. Um, that's the only person you're going to recognize. <laughs> this movie is epically bad, and it is overdue. Like this is elves. Elves oh, level bad. No. Uh, so Samurai Cop. Oh shit. 1991. Right yes, sir. I'm looking at it now, and it looks like it was made in 1985. <laughs> yes, look at that hair. <laughs> it's so bad. Who is this guy? Matt Hannon, who, by the way, the internet believed to have been he was dead for the past six years mm-hmm. until he came out. Like he did a Kickstarter campaign to do a sequel for this movie. <laughs> he, he absolutely did. So guys, what, did it get funded? 
Uh huh. Yeah. Of course. Oh, it sure the fuck did. Has it been made or did they just? Blow I don't it all know on? yet. I don't. I think it's been made. I think the Blu-ray is available on Amazon. Nice. Uh, so yeah, guys. Next week. We are doing Samurai Cop right Ooh. here on the editing bay. I don't know how you're going to find it. Yeah. It's it's available. It's out there somewhere. Deep cut. If you could download it or whatever, uh, Lorne, <laughs> get it to Joel so he can get it to you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, next week, Samurai Cop right here on the editing bay. Uh, Jeff, thank you, sir. Hey. Joel, always hey. a pleasure. Yeah. And guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.